I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, AfterBuzzers. This is season one, episode three of Netflix's White Lines. You're on the AfterBuzz TV after show. So glad you guys tuned in. And my name is Rob, but I am not alone. I'm here with two fantastic co-hosts. So let's give it up for Ashman. How you doing? I'm good. Hi, guys. <laughs> yes. And now let's give it up for Allie. How you doing? I'm good. Hello. Yes. I'm glad to see you all once again. But I'm also really glad to talk about this episode. We had a lot of crazy, crazy stuff going on. And to sum it up for you in a couple of topics, man, we have a high-speed chase. <laughs> Not only do we have a high-speed chase, we have torture by music. The irony of that with all these DJs in this show, being tortured by music. And then we have the boxer fixing the problems with the Romanians. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody else saw it coming either, but we're going to get into all of that in just a second. Uh, overall thoughts on this episode so far. Um, we can start off with you, Allie. Yeah, um, there was just a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. we all just watched it. It's all still very fresh. And so I'm still trying to process it myself right now. But um, overall, I loved the background that we got. I think my favorite part of the episode was getting to see Axel and Zoe when they were younger and kind of understanding their relationship more. It all just, it all just makes the storyline a little bit more urgent and like I'm really with Zoe and I want her to find out who did this to her brother. Um, so yeah, I think the backlashes were really important in this episode and made it all like we were all able to finally connect with Zoe a little bit here. Um, then there's just a lot of crazy going on, but very entertaining and important episode, yeah. I'm so glad that you were entertained. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, Ashman, you're entertained as well. Hopefully, how do you feel about it? <laughs> well, I was entertained as well, and uh, my prediction was wrong. <laughs> I thought with the whole drug scene, they were gonna be able to get away and as we know, our opening shot was anything but. Um, and that was just a crazy, wild, high-speed chase that uh, Zoe took everybody on. Yes, yes, I agree. And that that's not the craziest part of the whole episode. There are many more crazy parts to come. But uh, this episode, overall, for me, I feel like this is a... I think this is the first time that we've seen this type of episode. We got to see some gritty crime. We got to see some blood. We got to see people killed in uh, impressive ways. I'm no serial killer, but impressive ways. I've never seen anybody killed like that on screen. Um, and then uh, we got to see people having even more guts than we thought they had. It's all been set up for certain characters, i.e. Zoe, to have extreme amount of guts. But man, this, the craziness of the car chase. So let, let's just, let's talk about that for a second. So Zoe turned into a Formula One driver there on the spot with the, with the police. I don't know where that came from, but uh, the one thing that I loved about that part, uh, not just Zoe, you know, having the guts to do this, but the way that these scenes were shot. This is, this is really, I, I, I really loved this. Fantastic. Um, I've seen a lot of racing movies and shows with, with chases, but this was really cool and really creative how, you know, they shook the cops and they shook them with purpose and drugs being passed out of the, thrown out the window. What did you think about all of, about this uh, car chase, Ashman? I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was probably the most action we've seen yet in all three episodes. So mm -hmm. it was fast. It had a lot of adrenaline to it. Uh, we really see Zoe is capable of, you know, pedal to the metal type of deal. Mm -hmm. and, and she took it. Like, I mean, again, I didn't expect that to happen. I thought that um, Boxer was going to have his pool and they were going to get away kind of smoothly. But, I mean, everything that could happen on that high speed happened. I thought it was crazy how uh, Boxer, that was his plan. He was like, put your 
foot on the gas and she was like, what, what? And she, she just kind of rode with him, right? So she's the driver going as fast as she can. And he just starts getting rid of the Coke the best way that he possibly can. And the part that just was crazy was the vacuum scene. Like how did he have a vacuum that gets pulled from the dashboard? And then he just starts like, you know, hitting the back seat with this. So I thought it was, I thought it was crazy, crazy, but good. It, it made sense. And it showed to me a lot of boxers character. I'm like, okay, he's a man with a plan because when he told her to hit that gas, he already had a plan to why she needed to accelerate the speed. And because for me, I was like, oh my God, this is the dumbest thing ever. They're going to get so caught right now. Right. But instead, you know, he got rid of the Coke, they got stopped and, and then they took it from there. So it was, it was a good Bonnie and Clyde teamwork that Mm -hmm. I saw. Yes, and before before we go to your, your take on it, Ali, I just like to note that um, just in the last episode, the previous episode, there was the random plant with the vacuum cleaner in the glove compartment. I I never thought that was going to come back because she goes into the glove box and finds a pair of brass knuckles. Oh, I don't need these, and then she grabs the vacuum and looks at. I thought it was insignificant. I thought it wouldn't have come back, but it really did. And it all and it was comical. That's that's one thing that's really cool. The the comical aspect, but not to steal your thunder, Allie, how did you feel about this whole sequence? No, that's a good point, Rob. I also remember that moment in the last episode. I thought I was waiting for a gun or, you know, something else to be pulled out of the glove department. And then it, um, and then it was the vacuum. And I remember also being like, okay. Um, so interesting. That was good. I also thought it was so well shot. And I thought when that happened, when he said, um, step on the gas or whatever I was like no she's not gonna do that she's not gonna do that and then she did it and I was like oh my gosh Zoe (laughs) and (laughs) I was just along for the ride from the beginning I I want to just go ahead and like kind of ship Boxer and Zoe a little bit like I really like them together we saw a side of Boxer a little later that definitely is a little scary but we'll get into that but I don't know. They just have this really like fun, like you said, Bonnie and Clyde uh, vibe going on. And I was here for it. Yes. And I'm glad you, uh, both of you brought up the whole Bonnie and Clyde aspect and the dynamic between them and their relationship as far as when it comes to criminal activity. They've met in the midst of something criminal happened, a criminal interrogation by Boxer. And then, you know, the whole harpoon deal. But what what's interesting after this scene is they do get um they are apprehended by the police uh, they don't make it the police have a roadblock set up for them but that's interesting but what's even more interesting is how they conduct themselves as a crime couple or crime duo while in police custody you know um zoe taking the cues from a boxer boxer making up stories and just going with it you know Boxer being the veteran criminal, well, not a criminal, but he's had some run-ins with the law, probably over his 20-something years of service working uh, for Andreu. So I can see that happening. But just the dynamic of those two working together in a team is, in a team inside of the police uh, station, it felt like, you know, real chemistry between those two and also a sense of understanding and you know, being connected in the brain at that moment. How do you feel about all of this, Ashman? Yeah, like I said, Boxer's a man with a plan, right? Like even even when they were in that whole interrogation room, he was kind of like, follow my lead. And he made up a story about that the pills were bad that they took and pretty much they freaked out and that's why they took off. And Zoe just kind of went along with him because I mean, I don't think she knew much of a story to make up. Boxer, to me, in this episode is just such a hero. I just think he went above and beyond in every situation to help Zoe out. And um, I don't know, like, Zoe actually kind of got a little bit on my nerves in this episode. I just feel like (laughs) she really did. It was like, I was like, she's getting so many people involved. And they're like, they're, they're innocent bystanders in their own way. Like, this is not their mission. But Yet, you know, she has Marcus involved. She has Boxer doing all these things. And she was kind of really, um, I don't know, I think she was a little bit more, not passive in this episode, but she wasn't as equipped. Like she wasn't as savvy. And I feel like if you're going to go on a mission like this against like kind of people that are, that are 
used to this type of game, then you, you, you got to be able to have a little bit more guts to go with the glory and not just kind of throw everybody in the mix. So I, I think she's getting lucky uh, in this episode that people are having her back. Okay, Ashman, I'm sorry that you uh annoyed <laughs> with Zoe. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're annoyed though, because that, that shows that you have a good character. When a character starts to annoy you or make you feel any kind of emotion after watching, they're doing their job. Um, so, so Ali, what, what did you see inside of the interrogation scene with Boxer and, and Zoe? What, what, what's your take on it? I, I definitely see both sides, but I do, I, I see a relatable side of Zoe because, you know, in most shows like this or movies, we do see, you know, the lead character kind of knowing what the right thing to do is or um, not telling the cops or, you know, doing the thing that we're all kind of yelling at them to do. And it's so funny because this whole episode, everything Zoe did, I was like, yeah, I probably would have done that. Yeah, I probably would have done that because we don't know what we would do. And she is just this mom from Manchester trying to just figure out how her brother died. And so even though I wish Zoe did not do a lot of the things that she did and it upset me, I also appreciated like where the show went with it because it just felt a little bit relatable. Like, I don't know. She's not this person who's in this lifestyle anymore with drugs and partying. She's a little bit more uh, her age, I don't know, a mother. And so I think she was trying to do the right thing. But like she said, she does not handle problems well. And when she said that, I was like, whoa. But also, who would handle any of these problems well? I, I wouldn't. <laughs> so, Right. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I believe um, the average person, and I would probably be one of those average people, total fish out of water. You know, you come from another country and you're seeing what happens in this country and you're seeing not what just happens, but what happens like in the underworld of this country and you're in yeah. it. You know, you're no longer just a uh, passenger. Um, mm -hmm. or a spectator. And speaking of spectators, if you're out in the chat, remember, <laughs> participate, don't spectate. <laughs> how, how are we looking in the chat, uh, Ashman? We're looking good. We have about four people watching with us. Um, and mm -hmm. I urge you to write something in our live chat. If there's any discussions, anything you want us to speak about, address, please uh, put in your comments and I'll be sure to put it out here on our, on our after show. Yeah. Yes, and thank you for the chat for tuning in. Um, well, while, while the chat is working on uh, what they're gonna type in the chat, let's go ahead and cover the next uh, subject of this, of this interrogation because there's two parts to this. So the next part uh, of, the, of the interrogation in the police station, um, it actually goes to the hospital. And the reason why it shifts over to the hospital is because Boxer's stitches came undone while he was throwing the cocaine out the window. And so while they're at the hospital, they see the magical DJ, Marcus Ward, sitting on a gurney in the hallway. And they run into him and they figure out, you know, some, they figure out that they can actually work together to try to get this, you know, the whole cocaine thing back. Uh, for me, when I saw it, I was just thinking, okay, what, of course, of course he would run into them in the, in the hallway. <laughs> but I'm glad he did because now we get to see a whole new mission, you know, for Zoe and Boxer, which is to try to find the coke. But before we get to that, what, did, what were you all thinking when you saw Marcus sitting in the hospital? Go ahead, Ashwood. I was like, no way. I mean, I knew Marcus was going to be there because of what just happened to his knee, but that whole timing part of it, like they're walking in one direction over this whole ordeal. Actually, it's interesting because both of them ended up in the hospital over the cocaine. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, Marcus, his whole thing is the Romanians bashed his knee over it. And for these two, they were on the high speed getting rid of the cocaine. And that's what happened to Boxer's Lake. So I thought, I thought the timing really brought them together. And I'm kind of glad that Marcus and Zoe got to go face to face because Zoe is the reason why he is in this mess. And now she's, now she's thrown out all his drugs. And the previous episode, I said it may have been up to 140,000. 
we find out it was $180,000 worth of cocaine. So it's like, I think, I think she is responsible. And I get that, you know, she, she thought it was collateral because she didn't trust him. But by her not really knowing what she got herself into, look at how many other people are being affected right now. So I think Marcus was totally in his right for like setting off on her and being like, look, you, you need to get me back my stuff with this return and, and make sure my kids are safe. Cause if anything happens, it's on you. And I think, you know, Zoe felt that she is a mom, she does have kids. And so now she is a little bit panicked, but again, I just think she's really lucky that boxer came through for her the way that she did, because she, she stepped in a playground, which she had no idea how to handle. And she still doesn't. And that's why boxers, you know, went, went to the extreme that that he has for her yes but and ali i have to ask you what uh, also what did you think about it but what did you think about the i failed to mention this the little bit of torture that was happening in the hospital with the finger inside of the the wound you know by boxer when he was uh whenever marcus got a little handsy with zoe boxer came over it and helped so what what did you what did you think about everything I, I I agree with Ashman. I think that um, Marcus's behavior in that moment was totally appropriate. Um, I I kind of, I liked seeing him get a little upset at Zoe because it felt appropriate. And I think anybody would, especially considering that his daughter's lives are now at stake. Like it's not mm-hmm. just because he's in pain from his knee, but yeah, he is a dad. So I, I really was happy to see him like see this fiery side of him that we haven't really seen yet. He's usually like goofy and fun. And we finally saw him like get serious. And that goes to show he's a good dad, I guess. But um, I was happy that Zoe didn't get all like, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? She just kind of quickly owned up and said, I'm so sorry, I should not have done that. And she felt bad. And now um, she's taking it into her hands to make sure that his daughters are safe. So I respect her for that. And I think that's really the only thing she can do. So I'm glad she's doing it. But yeah, when Boxer uh, kind of got mad at him for the way he was um, touching Zoe really showed me, wow, Boxer's very protective over this girl already um, because what the heck, Boxer should be doing the same thing to her. I mean, like <laughs> he, she's done so much harm to Boxer already as well. Like not only did she... Oh my goodness, what is the thing that she a harpoon? Yeah. <laughs> she used that, hit him in the leg. Then they ended up at the police station. She put cocaine in his vehicle without him knowing. Like he has every right to act that way to Zoe as well. But he got mad at Marcus for acting like that to Zoe, which was a really big sign he deeply cares about her. Yes, I, I agree with that. And you get to see it a little bit more in the next scene in the up uh the upcoming scenes because the next thing that we see for them, we see them going into the woods looking for the cocaine to no avail. Of course, they weren't going to find that cocaine. It's Ibiza. Anybody traveling see a package in a party city like that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be there. Um, uh, let's let's go ahead and move on to the to the next topic we're going to talk about here, which is the whole musical torture and plot and plan and payoff and all of that. So or let's start with uh, Oreo. He Oreo meets with the father of Cristobal, which is the ex-boyfriend of Zoe, uh, not excuse me, not Zoe, but Kika. And there's a conversation that ensues about uh about the son being just basically worthless and just stuck on drugs and in the party scene. What did what were you all thinking when we got introduced to uh, the father of Cristobal? Because we, we see Cristobal once as a young lad, you know, doing his thing at a party, but then we flash forward to years later and uh, Cristobal is the sad man, old man who's still a DJ. What, what, what were your guys' thoughts, you know, on that whole um, conversation between, Christ- between Cristobal's father and Oriol in the club? Go ahead, go ahead, Allie, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was really interested to see how it was going to go because, okay, I'm sure we can all agree, but I really, Oriole definitely has something to do with his death. Um, Mm -hmm. And I 
I'll be shocked and surprised if this season ends and Oriole did not do it or had no idea. He He's up to something, and I know he is somehow involved in Axe's death. So to see him go and talk to, um, oh, what is his name? The ex-boyfriend. Cristobal. Cristobal. Well, yeah. Yeah, to go see him speak to Cristobal's father, I was really interested to see if the father was going to be like on Oriole's side because he's from this really powerful family, but he wasn't and he stuck up for his son. I mean, he didn't really stick up for his son, but he basically said, my son is too stupid to do, uh, to pull off this type of crime. And that's such a like fair point. Like it was a really good crime. It was never solved. It's 20 years later, we still have no idea. So that kind of spoke really loud and clear to me because there's no way that he did this and then when we meet him and we see just how drugged up he really gets um yeah there's no way this guy had anything to do with it and so I was glad to see the father kind of you know stick up uh for his son and tell Oriole like he did not do this and you know he did not do this so that was an interesting and very telling scene for sure Right, right. I, I'm on your side with that as well. Uh, Ashman, what did you what did you uh, take from this whole scene? Yeah, my, uh, you know, mine was similar as uh, as Ali's. I mean, I think it went kind of hand in hand um, with my prediction last episode. I'm like, Oriole's going to try to find somebody to pin this on. He's desperate to get his father's respect and he's going to try to bribe somebody or frame somebody uh, to bring to his father and say, look, here's the confession about the killer. So I wasn't surprised that he approached um, Crystal, Crystal's, Crystal's, uh, thank you, his father. And, you know, the father said, he's like, look, I would love to pin this on him. But the truth is, he's just too stupid to pull it <laughs> off. You know, it's just not happening. So um, and then even when I, I could see why he chose Cristobal, because when they show that scene at the pool party, that was initially uh, the girlfriend of Axel. So mm -hmm. it made sense when Axel saw uh, Kika and Kika was initially with uh, Cristobal. And so that whole scene, and who knows what Oriol as a young son at that time and the brother was seeing in this scene. So maybe it was a perfect murder to say, oh, he was jealous because they ended up together. And as a result, he plotted this whole murder on him. But the truth is, like, although the story would align, that person itself was not capable of a crime. So um, and as we see, when he takes him to to be tortured, his his voice didn't change on what he had to say. If anything, he said, you're the one that mm -hmm. killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm glad that you bring that up because we didn't talk about the, there's a flashback uh, with the parties. I, I kind of skipped through that a little bit. I talked about Cristobal for a second, but what what else is important in, in that scene is the mother, uh, Conchita and uh, Axel. The first initial meeting between those two, and you know, I always, I say, you know, the mom's a little weird because we get to see young Oreo walking through the party, kisses mom on the mouth again, you know, but uh, we can put a pin in that. Just, I, I want to talk for a moment, I want to talk about the initial scene, or re, the initial meet between uh, Conchita and uh, Axel, because we get to see Axel looking through the house, seeing the records, and then having a the conversation with the mom. And I don't know if the mom means to come off as sultry and flirtatious. I don't know if that's just her personality or what have you. But in this scene, I, I don't see a, a woman looking at, you know, one of her son's friends in her house. I see a woman looking at a grown man, you know, <laughs> giving him some kind of eye, you know. But what, what, were your, what was your thoughts on that, Ashman? Totally. I think Conchita is completely capable of this type of behavior. <laughs> like we, we've yes. totally seen it. I mean, last episode, she's, she's getting the priest Raphael off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that, you know, there's a pool party happening at her house. She sees this young man. And um, if she, if something was to take place between them, like, we already see that weird relationship even between her and her son. Like when he walks in the room and she's naked and she's changing and yeah. like they both, yeah. they're, it was so awkward. And it's yeah. like, 
okay, what type of relationship do they even have going on? So I feel like I feel like she's been with a lot of different people and this is not anything new. And I feel like what um, Crystal said at, at his point of torture, I think he was on point. He was like, you killed him because he was doing your mom. And yes. so I, I, think, I think there's truth to that because even Oriol, he's like lost it after he said that. He just lost mm -hmm. control. And I feel like when people have such a trigger and such a reaction to things, um, you know, there, there's, there's some sensitivity behind that. So I, I think, I think he's a hundred percent, um, one of the main people that have something to do with Axel's murder. Hands well, down. I, I'm with you too. And, uh, Ali, what did you read from, from that, from the interaction between, um, the mom Conchita and Axel? Yeah, like everything Ashman just said, I completely agree with. I wouldn't put anything past that woman at this point. Um, I, her and Oriel both are definitely behind something and they have a very inappropriate relationship. And um, Axel, you know, I, I can tell he's a good person. And um, I think when we see him first notice Kika, um, and we kind of all felt that, oh, he was immediately like drawn to her. So I'm kind of interested to see when he starts to get involved with the mom. But mm -hmm. for right now, I wouldn't put anything past Axel. One, because he's very, um, everyone likes him. He's very just fun and probably always on drugs. So I'm sure, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I do think Conchita is behind, or however you guys say her name. Right, and well, I, uh, but the mom, I can't ever say her name. Um, she, yeah, I think she, I definitely could see her putting him up to something or even forcing him or putting, like, yeah, I think right now she's on my top list for um, suspected people or just my least favorite people. Like, she's number one. And Oriole, they're kind of tied, but she's number one for me. Yeah, I, I think uh, Conchita is definitely the black magic woman that uh, Carlos Santana was talking about back in the day. Because uh, she has power over a bunch of people. Um, yeah. she's just, she just comes in a room and demands power and it's eerie the way that it's, that it's given to her um, uh, involuntarily. Um, mm -hmm. But before we move on real quick, uh, yes, Cristobal definitely um, has, excuse me, Oriol definitely has Cristobal uh, kidnapped and tortured and tortured by music, which is like I was saying earlier, it's one of the most ironic things because this guy loves music. All this, this show is centered around DJ's music and drugs and stuff like that. And basically Cristobal tortures him until he passes out. And there's a cool shot where, you know, where they, it's from, from a high angle and he's, you know, the way he's on the speakers, it kind of looks like Jesus on the cross, which is a little yeah. weird, but still cool. I, I, I like, you know, I like, it's weird because Spain is such a holy, you know, such a, a devout country when it comes to religion. Um, so to see that is like, okay, wow. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I figured that Cristobal had nothing to do with it. He's just some co-kid that knows nothing. And, you know, it pays off because he knows nothing. But before, before he passes out from or is incapacitated from the musical torture, he says, like you were saying, Ashman, that the mom was having sex with with Alec, with Axel, which is crazy. That's that's a no go in every culture I've ever known. But yeah. um, I'm pretty sure you all would agree that that is a no go as well. Uh, but let's uh, let's shift gears here. Let's let's talk about uh, my favorite person of this episode, which was Boxer. I got to see a whole nother style. Excuse me, a whole nother side of Boxer. I got to see him. Uh, go and fix the problems with the Romanians. I mean, he really did. He showed up on a, on a sea-doo, met them in the middle of the ocean with the boat and uh, handled some business. Uh, Ashman, what did you think seeing Crystal, uh, it's not Crystal Ball, Boxer uh, switch like that? Straight Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of deal. Yeah, like I said, I mean, he's the hero. He is definitely the hero of this episode. Um, you know, Zoe tried to guilt trip him a couple of times when he was going to go to that party. And she's like, oh, you know, I guess you're, you're, you know, you're not concerned and this and that. And 
it was like not even his problem. And he came back and he said it to her. He was like, look, if, you know, something happens to these kids, it's on your conscious, not mine. But whatever happened, like something did switch in him. And he was like, okay, I need to go take care of this problem, which again, I just think it was, it's so something that he did not have to do. And, but when he went to do it, what I like about Boxer is, he gets the job done. Like I said it in the beginning, I'll say it again. Like he's a man with the plan. Like he finishes the job that he starts. And I can see why he is the head of security for An- yeah. Andreu. Like when he went out in the ocean, I mean, like what a move, right? Like these are two, these are two people in the middle of the ocean. And he went there and not not did he only handle business, he hung them, you know? <laughs> I mean, he hung them to make sure that they were dead. I mean, there was no slip-ups in his work. So, I mean, all I can say is, yeah, if you're going to do a job like that, you, you better make sure you finish, and, and he certainly did. Yes, for the kids at home, never do anything halfway. Do the no. job all the <laughs> way to the end, all the way. Uh, so, Allie, what were you thinking seeing all of that? I, oh my goodness, I, I knew Boxer was definitely uh, Zoe's best bet for every situation that she's been in so far, but I did not, I did not see that coming. I thought he was maybe, because when he first showed up on the boat, he was so like chill and cool and like calm and collected. And I was, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I want some Coke. Let's, let's have a beer. And he seemed like the guys seemed friendly with him. So obviously there's some type of rapport there in friendship, I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. And then all of a sudden uh, he just goes in and it's very clear that killing comes naturally to him. And I think that's what, um, while I was happy he did it because now these bad guys are out of the way, I was like, yes. Then I was also like, wow. Okay. Um, Boxer is a, is like, I, I didn't know whether to, like, love him for it or be scared of him. That's kind of where I am right now with Boxer. Like, I do like him, and I want him and Zoe to kind of, like, become a thing. But also, at the end of the day, that was some crazy work that he did there. So I, I had no idea. That was definitely the most shocking thing that I've seen out of all three episodes so far. Right. And I, I'm with you. I'm surprised he pulled it off, though, because those are some yeah. big Romanians on that on that boat. Yeah. They weren't like little. These were these are big dudes. So yeah. for him to have the presence of mind to set up, you know, uh, set weapons around the boat and just execute the plan. I'm I'm really shocked. And my hat goes off to uh, <laughs> to Boxer here. Boxer <laughs> is head of security for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to speak uh, speak about uh, about. A real a nice moment I, I, I saw between Zoe and Kika teaming up together and getting the kids out of the school. And, and, you, and, you know, we get a flashback. We get some flashbacks, but we also get good stories between, you know, two and a good vibe, good overall vibe between the two ladies working together. Um, for me, uh, for me, everything happened kind of fast, but... I figured that it's totally in, you know, believable because once again, uh, Kiki, um, when it comes to family, or excuse me, Kika, when it comes to family, Kika shows up. She showed up when her father needed her. And when she saw Zoe needing some help and, you know, one of those things where I can't explain, just help me. She totally took the cue and she totally jumped up to the challenge, stepped up to the challenge and took Zoe to get the kids. What did you all think overall thoughts about the moments uh, between them picking up the kids and the moment there in the gym? Well, Ashman, I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, you know, I, I agree. I think Kika is a family girl as much as she keeps her distance, but she does come through. Um, you know, as soon as she's seen Zoe and Zoe's like, hey, can you give me a lift? As much as she wasn't ready to go anywhere, she totally kind of like jumped at, uh, jumped to help her and was like, okay, like what, what are we doing? Let's go do it. So I thought that was cool that as much as she doesn't know Zoe, but out of her respect and relationship with Axel, she uh, she totally helped out Zoe where she need where she needed it. Uh, I think Kika's an interesting character. Uh, we see her a little bit in the party scene earlier when she gets together with another girl, and you know, and then in that auditorium when she has a conversation with uh, Zoe, 
she mentions that she's like, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that I'm always trying something new or starting something new in my life. And it seems like she's went through a lot. Like she's like, um, you always think it's the one and, but deep down, you know, it's not. And then you find out it's not. So I feel like she's been through a few different heartbreaks and she's kind of at that place in her life where um, maybe she's trying to rediscover herself. And it was cool that she was able to share um, an intimate moment with Kika about her and Axel. And she's like, we, we got, you know, we, we got intimate over there on the mats and just kind of filling her in about kind of how her brother was and what their relationship was with one another. And as far as rescuing the kids, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Like Zoe was being patient with the instructor. And then Kika was like, she has lice in her hair. We got to yeah. go and knew that, Hey, we need to move. We're not on your time. And um, I just, I just, I, I like her strength. I think she's a, she's a brave woman. Yes. And definitely badass. I know, I know she put out the cigarette on the, on the no smoking yeah. sign. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, we're not a cigarette. That was a joint. So even cooler, even cooler. Yeah. So Allie, how did you feel about this? I totally agree. I think Kika is slowly, not even slowly, I think she did win me over with this episode. I loved um, the way she just was straight up with her dad when she was like, look, I don't want this. I know you want me to be CEO of um, our family company, but I don't want to be. She's like, I'm going to be an actress. And I think she's so just, even though she's confused and doesn't know what she wants, at least she accepts it. And she kind of makes the mistakes on her own. And she doesn't kind of, she marches to her own drum. She doesn't listen to other people. Um, but I do think we're going to see, not to get into predictions, but I do hope she kind of does stay back and help Zoe a little bit. And I think that they're going to, like I said, last episode, we're just going to see this them bond even more because I already love the little bit that we did get from them in this episode. But yeah, she's awesome. And I love the way she did the whole lice thing, like, and got the kids out of there. And yeah, I think she's, I think she's more responsible than she thinks she is. Yes. And I, I love the sense of pragmatism uh, by, um, by Kika doing what needed to be done at the time, no matter what, or how distasteful it was in that moment. And I'm pretty sure the kids, some of the kids started scratching their heads after that. I would if I were in the school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have lice? Okay. Um, but th let's get back to Zoe uh, real quick before we go to our special segment in news. Uh, Zoe and takes the kids, uh, excuse me, Zoe and uh, Kika take the kids and they're driving away. They are hauling ass getting out of there away from the school. And as they're driving down the street, they see the doggy who was on the cocaine. <laughs> hanging out on the side of the street and so they have to let the kids out the kids you know want to get out to get the dog and then they get the dog and then they mysteriously run into the woods and when that was happening I didn't know what was going on and it didn't make any sense to me I was like okay that doesn't make any sense why would he just run a bunch of question marks all over my brain what was on your brain Allie when this was happening I can't okay I if I were Zoe I would have gone in the woods, gotten the girls and the dog, I would have continued my destination, but I would have stopped at a rescue center or something or given this dog to someone else because I can't keep taking these dog scenes. And now <laughs> it was on cocaine and then one was in the pool and now it ran away and I just can't take it anymore. I would just really be able to move forward with this show if we could get these dogs into a safe environment. Okay. <laughs> but when the kids ran away, I was not shocked I love I'll just say I love the, I don't remember their names but I love the little girl she's so funny when um Kika said she had the lice and she came out and she was like well that's not gonna help me be popular and then the older one I thought that was cute and then the older one is on my nerves I don't care for very much but I think the little one would have stayed but the older one probably was like make a run for it or you know probably told her what to do but I don't know and then I we don't know if they got them. It just kind of ended after she went back to the police station. So I'm just kind of waiting to see what actually happened, if they found them or not. Yeah, and so is the rest of the world. We're, we're <laughs> all waiting to see what happens. This, uh, these, these, uh, the producers of this show have something with dogs here. You know, that old screenwriting book, Save the Cat. Apparently, it has saved the dog in Spain. That's what it is, because the dog yes. is in all kind of peril cocaine drowning 
I'm pretty sure he's going to be at a club before it's all over. <laughs> um, but Ashman, what did you think about about this whole scene with um, with the dog in the on the road? <laughs> My first reaction was I totally thought about Ali. I'm like, this dog is on the streets. Like, this is like Ali's gonna flip another dog <laughs> scene about this. So I, I was just like, I oh did. my god, like, like let let the dog be safe. Um, I, I I don't know what the point of it was. I mean, I guess because the writers wanted the girls to escape. I mean, I think that was the point of the dog being astray. Um, I don't know if it still has coke in its system and it's running around like crazy, right? But uh, but I could get why the sisters got out the car. Obviously, it was their dog. And I can even understand why they chose to take off. I mean, these people are straight strangers to them. They don't know either one of these women. And they're just like, wait, like this is way too weird. Um, and I feel like their house must have been close enough to the location because they were able just to run up the hill and kind of disappear. So, um, but what's going to happen from here, I really don't know. Yeah. Well, at least we yeah. know that the Romanians aren't around to get them. Yes. So, so the girls are safe for a little bit. I have a prediction about Romanians, but I'll save it for the <laughs> prediction. Um, one last thing before we move over to the segment, the special segment in news. Uh, this episode ends in a crazy way it ends with zoe in the police station uh in the lineup taking pictures waiting to be uh waiting to speak to the uh police captain or what have you but she's explaining that you know she stole these drugs and these romanians are hot on the tail she basically tells everything but she doesn't know that the romanians are dead so Zoe has created even more problems because this is going to come back, you know, well, what happened to the Romanians that we, that were chasing you? And now we can't corroborate your story with the cocaine and we don't know what. So now it's a whole new can of worms. Uh, Ashwin, what were your thoughts on that? I told you guys, she kept annoying me this entire episode. She just keeps making things worse for everyone. It's like, even... Like, okay, I get it. Her, her instinct is right, right? She's like, okay, I'm, I've created such a mess. Let me confess to it and take, take responsibility for what I started. But come on now. She has so many <laughs> other people involved. Boxer went and literally killed these people. And now, exactly, the question is going to be, well, who are these Romanians? Well, let's go find them. And now we're going to get to the boat and there's hanging bodies. Mm -hmm. And how's that going to track back? So it's like, I'm like, lady, just keep your mouth shut until you know what's going on. At least follow up with somebody, talk to somebody. You cannot get people involved and then go have your own plan and think you don't need to consult. I feel like the second you get other people involved, it's not just your mission anymore. And mm -hmm. to prevent things from being becoming worse, like seriously, talk to talk to them, talk to Marcus, talk to Boxer. What, what if they were able to come up with the money somehow, right? So it's like, I just, I don't think she's cut for this. I, episode <laughs> one, I thought she was when I saw her aim, but now I'm just kind of like, listen, I, I don't know if this is for you. <laughs> yes, that That's is, so funny. I, I agree with you. You know, there's that old saying, if you're not about that life, don't try to be about that life. I don't totally. know if that's... I probably messed that saying up, but whatever. Uh, Allie, what, what did you think about, about that whole situation? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, it is funny you said that because I feel like the first episode you were like, oh, she had great aim, like she's going to be awesome. And now you're just like, nope, pull it back. <laughs> so I think that's so funny. That's true because I agree. I, I think my mindset when this all happened was, okay, the kids are gone. Um, but that's a good point. They probably are close to the house, especially since the dog was close by. That meant that they probably were near their home. So hopefully the kids are just at home. But uh, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, she's probably panicking because maybe she couldn't find the kids or they're lost. And at this point, she's still really worried that the Romanians are out there trying to find them. But yeah, like you left um, Boxer in charge. He told you he would take care of it. Um, again, head security guy for like the most powerful family in this country. I, I think she just needed to sit down, calm down and just wait for it to be solved. It's boxer. Like she didn't trust that he was going to handle it. I don't know that 
I was definitely annoyed with her at the end as well. After everything he just went through and then she just goes and tells the cops. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. And, and now we learn, uh, well, she, she's, she will learn a valuable lesson and hopefully everybody, you know, that is watching this learns a valuable lesson as well. If you're going to do crime and you're doing it with other people, make sure everybody's on the same story, same accord. So it keeps everybody out of jail and happy. Uh, <laughs> but let's move on to our special segment. Uh, go ahead and take it away. Ashley. Yeah. Okay. So guys, clearly we're in episode three and we love this show, right? So I had to poke around social media and see how other people are feeling about, about it. Do they love it? Do they like it? Like what's the buzz? Um, so according to Decider, they do a segment which is stream it or skip it. And what they had to say was, White Lines on Netflix is a sexy, soapy Spanish drama. This new series has it all. Sex, nudity, substance, language, and smoking. The drama has everything to keep viewers invested and turned on. So definitely on Twitter, they tweeted, it is a must stream. So we encourage all our fans and watchers. We have eight people in our live chat right now. Watch this series, it's creating such a buzz and we're gonna be covering so many more of these episodes. Uh, you definitely wanna be a part of this big trending show uh, from Netflix right now. Yes, thank you once again, chat. And tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell everybody that you would think would have a vested interest in this show and this podcast and uh, we will have them here. We love, we love talking to you guys here at After Buzz and we love doing these shows for you guys. Uh, so, Allie, let's go ahead and let you handle the news, man. What we got? My news, I'm basically just gonna piggyback off of everything you guys just said because I was just gonna say that White Lines is number four on Netflix's top 10 right now, which is huge because Netflix has been releasing some great content lately. I think, I don't know if it's because quarantine's going on and they know we all just wanna digest all of this great TV right now, but um, it's right behind Riverdale, which is huge. Um, so yeah, number four. So like you guys just said, keep watching. The show is definitely blowing up. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's not a season two so yeah yes number four isn't that bad out of 10 especially when the show came out like a day or two ago well a day yeah. ago actually yeah yesterday or 15. maybe a day when yesterday I possibly um, 14th or 15th we don't know what day it is the, the fifth <laughs> yeah that's right during the time of quarantine they all blend in together yeah. but i'm glad that people that are watching the watching the show and watching us listen to us have taken the time out of their busy quarantine schedules to do so. <laughs> uh, but so I want to go ahead and let's move over to the predictions. If you guys don't mind, I would like this to start first. Is that okay? Go yes. for it. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. More Romanians are coming. More Romanians are coming. I lived in Europe three years. There's never <laughs> one Romanian. There's always <laughs> one there's never one Romanian, so I'm pretty sure they're going to come back um, for for this because their traffickers are disappeared and the drugs disappeared and no money never came back, so they're coming back. Um, and as far as Cristobal, uh, with with the uh, Cristobal, that's going to cause major problems. We are getting ready to see the ugly side of Spain. We're not. This previously we've been seeing this beautiful party at Biza, you know, fantastic, cool floral colors and tropical colors. That's getting ready to change because, yeah, it's a definite sea change due to what has happened. And um, I'm here for it. And hopefully everybody else will be here for it. But, Allie, what are you here for with your prediction? <laughs> wow. Um, I was trying to think about this. Uh, as soon as it ended, I was like, okay, what is going to happen next? And honestly, I have no idea. And every time I think, whatever I think is going to happen, I'm just completely not even in the same ballpark. Like, But if I had to say what I would like to happen, again, I feel like I do that every time, but I would like to see no more Romanians come back, even though <laughs> I know you're absolutely right and I know they're probably coming, but I would just like to see... Um, more of the Zoe boxer chemistry going on, Kika and Zoe. 
Um, but with the Cristobal thing, I, I think he's definitely deaf now. Can't, we can all agree, right? That he's probably deaf, like his career is over. And um, we do know his father is pretty important. So I think we will see some stuff going on there and uh, she's gonna get uglier. I know that, so <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> okay, well, it probably will get ugly and I, I, I hope it happens. And uh, Ashman, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think you guys nailed it. It's, we're gonna see the darker side of Spain. We're gonna see the different alliances form. I think Boxer is gonna be furious at Zoe. I actually hope mm -hmm. he is. And I think he might even kick her out because she's created such a big problem with her confession now. So I think we're going to see that kind of friendship dwindle down because, um, she, I mean, even though she didn't mean to cross him over, that's exactly what happened. So I think that's going to bring, bring a bunch of drama. I think with Oriole and Crystal, uh, the Martinez family is now going to get involved, who is the father of, um, Crystal, because he already knows that um, Oriel went to meet with him. So it's like, you know, people are beginning to give themselves up in this now. So I think there's going to be different alliances formed and uh, people are going to start going after each other. Okay, and maybe Kika's well, going to stay in town. I don't see her going yes, anywhere. Kika's going to stay in town. Yeah, I, I believe it's set up for Kika to stay in town too, but there's <laughs> too much stuff happening, man. There's too much. <laughs> yeah. There's too much killing. There's too many uh, secrets coming out. There's too, there's just too much drama for her to go right now. Plus the dogs, sure. dogs are dying. Dogs are on cocaine. Like we, there's a lot for her to try to do. Um, but that's all the time we have uh, for, for right now. We will rejoin you guys once again. Thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you um, just for hanging out with us and watching the show. I also want to thank my two fantastic uh, partners in crime. Ashman, can you go ahead and tell us where we can find you at? Definitely. You can find me on Instagram at Insights by Ish. All right. And Allie, where can we find you at? Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alexandra James. And you guys can find me on uh, Instagram. That's at Rob Stilo. That's R-O-B-S-T-E-L-O. Please invade the DMs with any T and or predictions or comments, concerns, uh, any, anything you want to talk about, uh, white lines related. Not the physical one, but the TV show. <laughs> All right. So take it easy, everybody. And we will buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.